The following is a production of SK Morton Creative. Places, please. Quiet down. And here we go. And roll camera. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SK Morton Lousy San Francisco Podcast. Give us an hour and we'll give you an epileptic seizure. Tonight, SK welcomes Bill O'Reilly, John Tesh, Maury Povich, and Leonard Moulton will use anything by Adam Sandler. And now, they'll give you the stories you won't hear anywhere else. Because even the internet has boundaries. S.K. Morton. All right. That wasn't the worst. That wasn't the worst. I thought it was good. It was up there, was good. It was up there in the annals of the best, I'd say. You're, you're always missing, well, not always, but lately, I've got to say, if you don't mind a little constructive you're criticism. generalizing. Can I give way you some to start off, consi- Way to start off the podcast. I, I wasn't here last, <laughs> right. last episode. No, you, you weren't. That. You were not. You know why? Why? Because I needed a break from your constant criticism. <laughs> Okay. okay. Yeah. Welcome, S.K. Morton, to your own podcast. Thank you. Welcome all. Welcome one. Welcome zero and all. We have no audience tonight. Oh. You know why? Why? Last week I was sick, mm-hmm. and I didn't announce that we weren't doing the show until days after, with an apology. And you don't turn on the throng. Right. So the throng probably came outside the they, bomb shelter. And it was raining. And was and yeah. Yeah. So okay. now I'm, I'm, I'm in the dog. I'm in the throng house. So why so why weren't you? I mean, I'm I'm I was sick, sick right now, and and thank you so much for being here with your disease and your you're gonna have to burn this <laughs> mic after lip. I leave. That's, okay. <laughs> it's more of a epileptic seizure. I can't say epo- epileptic. You did fine. You just had the wrong timing. In any case, why don't I just greet the adoring throng? You're greeted. Welcome to S.K. Morton's Lousy Podcast. <laughs> Another night in the bomb shelter. I don't even know if I should say this. Probably, probably no squish. Of course, I I I gotta have a talk with the boy. I understand, but we do have him. we do have our regular full time permanent co host and resident chanteur. Oh, I gotta get the applause ready. And dance by the light, Peter Feliciano. Yay, <laughs> me! It's a positive day. <laughs> and uh, joining us for the whole show. Because I couldn't keep her out. No. <laughs> Babette is a, here for us. I haven't Yay. been here in a long time. Uh, that's true. And you're, and you're being rewarded by getting to be on the whole show. Yay, I'm so excited. All right. She's standing tall on the wings of our dreams. <laughs> Where is that from? I don't know. Come on. I don't oh, know. I know that. Standing tall on the wings of our dreams. Is that Full House? No. What is that? That is... Oh, wait, wait. Perfect Stranger. Perfect st- Oh, I loved Balky. Well, I know what it is. Don't be ridiculous. Didn't uh, that co- was that Friday Nights? I have no idea. I never watched that show. I, I did. I was like two when it got canceled. You know what's interesting? Bronson Pinchot was on a show based here in San Francisco with Sandra... Bernhardt? The ta- no, the tall... Sa- 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 the tall woman. Oh, her. Ah, she did That's the pirate not- movie that wasn't any good that people said. A League of Our Own Girl. No, no, no. That's oh. not Sandra. What's no, her name? No, her name is um, with the the one with the lips. Yeah, and the, and the teeth. Oh, what is her name? She's got a mole. <laughs> the arms and the legs and hair. I think she you know. And I believe a, a nervous you know. system. <laughs> the throng is yelling. <laughs> oh my god! Well, because she like device. She, anyway, seen her it starred her, Bronson Pinchot, and Bill Maher. Now when? we have to remember her name, Bill Maher. And Bill Maher. 
and I was just having a conversation Gina with Davis. myself. Gina Davis. Gina Davis. We should have some clapping. Yay. Yes. So doing? it was a movie. It was a TV show based in San Francisco. Do you remember this? No. It was. Uh, it was just her name. It was like maybe it was Sandy or something like that. Sarah. That's what it was called. How many episodes did it have? I think it was on for like two seasons. It was called Sarah. They worked at a magazine in San Francisco. Mm. Bill Maher. And Bill Maher was funny. And I was just having a conversation (laughs) with myself (laughs) today about that. And it's about about, how Bill Maher used to be funny. About (laughs) comedians. Yes, about comedians who are very funny, but when they get political, they start to take themselves seriously. And then they they can't be funny if they're taking themselves seriously anymore. Right. Is John Stewart. There's a whole list of them. Was John Stewart funny before? Oh, he was hilarious. He was. John Stewart did a good job. I'm not saying he wasn't funny on The Daily Show. No, I know he was. I for sure he was. But But think about when he actually was really upset about something. Did he he make you laugh? No, No, when he was really upset. No, I didn't mean it that way. You obviously. No, no, no. what What I'm registering right now, just like the rest of the throng, is that you dislike. John Stewart. I love John Stewart. And you think we should all. I think John Stewart was one of the funniest stand ups ever. Okay, so you're retracting what your statement. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you know what? I it have one makes more you look guilty when you do that. I have one more person to announce. I didn't. Okay. I don't feel like oh, my announcement Lord. was was good enough. Did we give you claps? I, agree. I don't know. I feel like they Did were I give weak. you the clap? Shut. That what? needs to be cut out. What? <laughs> There's Too a button. The clap far. button. Too far. Okay. Can I do, Did I give you the clap button? Huh? Uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> can can we can we announce our guest? Are person? you gonna Are you gonna introduce me or not? Yeah. He's I'm the reason sorry. why I came. Come on. Okay. Our guest. I'm very excited about him. He's our guest in that we have him chained to the toilet. <laughs> he is an author, a journalist, and a shadowy lurking figure. Please welcome <laughs> Tony Long. Yay! Hey, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here, boys and girls. <laughs> Let me give you turn you up a little bit, Tony. So we can see you. Don't get too close. All right. So Tony's going to talk to us about many movie things. He is very learned, Ooh. very experienced. Finally, we have somebody in In other here words, very, wise. very old. Oh. You have one, st- one foot in the grave, right there, Tony? At least. Okay. <laughs> in fact, listening 14. to this monologue, I'm about to go in head first. It is, it is a monologue, I swear. It is not a monologue. I didn't get to say what you I was come thinking. In, in, oh, in I your... didn't get to say... Yeah. We're, you know what, sweetheart? This is yes. a good opportunity for you. You could look up Sarah on your d- digital device. On my digital device. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So I was going to, we're going to do the updates. Uh-huh. Something happened just recently, and I didn't put it down here on the outline, about the tour. Uh-oh. What happened? I can't remember now. <laughs> Your uh, yeah. Great. How appropriate. Can we can get you in here close. Oh, it's called Sarah your, your without tour? an H. Yeah. S-A-R-A. Oh, yeah. Well, it's San Francisco. I think there's an umlaut in there somewhere. <laughs> Sarah. It's, I'm sorry. It's Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. She, it was she 1985. Noisily oh, says They to had the their token black. Phil's Alfre Woodard. I, really? I have a yeah. little crush on her. Alfre was, wait, which one was Alfre? She was the principal <clears throat> in, ro- in uh, radio. Okay, give me something newer. It had one season, 13 episodes. Okay, one season. Uh, what else does Alfred Woodard do? Oh, she's do? been in tons of things. She was even on Star Trek, I believe. Ah, that's where I know it Or from. in okay. one of the movies. It was set in San Francisco Legal Aid Office and featured one of the earliest oh, yes, regular gay Aid. characters on an American television Bronson series. Bronson Pinchot. Okay. Well, okay, so wait, 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 wait. Give me the face. Where is Alfred Woodard? Oh, this is her. Look. She's got, she's, she's got Babette hair. No, she does not. No? 
Oh, Maybe she oh, does. Yeah, know I know her. Yeah. I know her. She's a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> you know her? All over the place. Yeah, yeah. I've seen her. I've yeah. seen her places. See, I always get her mixed why, up. Why a crush? I get... She's well, because I've got a fetish, clearly. But <laughs> right. I always get her mixed up with the other actress who played Danny Glover's little sister in Silverado. No? No. What? You never saw Silverado? Nope. Oh, he doesn't know pop culture. like cowboy movies? Not much. This was the Kasdan brothers, Lawrence Kasdan. Of course. Of I believe he did one of the Star Wars movies. He and his brother wanted to do a cowboy movie that had all the cliches of all the oh. cowboy movies. So they put it, so you don't take it too seriously, and it's very fun. And then that's the movie where I got my Danny Glover impersonation. So it's the cowboy version of Galaxy Quest. Kind of. <laughs> it doesn't go that far, but yeah, it's okay. kind of like that. I did like that movie. And I was, and nice pop culture reference, Tony. That's it. I'm spent. <laughs> You're in the right box. I was going to do my Danny Glover impersonation from Silverado. That's okay. We've heard it. <clears throat> I know you have. I've done it many times. Do it. <laughs> Come on. What are you doing here, Ray? This ain't you, Ray. And she was Ray, the actress who played Ray, who was uh, Jeff Goldblum's girlfriend in the Love movie. Love him. Everyone was in that movie. You got your Je- you got your Jeff Goldblum. You got the girl who isn't Alfie Woodard. Let me see you who can check she her, was. Because she's really cute. Um... You have Kevin Costner when he was young. You've got uh, uh, Danny Glover. You've got Kevin Kline. And you've got the guy who played, um, not Scott Carpenter, but Alan Shepard in a few. In, in, oh, um, yeah, he's good. Uh, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. Yeah. Then you got, what's the short little lady who played a, a boy in the Killing Fields? Oh. Um, Hunt? Linda Hunt. Linda Hunt. Linda Hunt, Linda Hunt yeah. Um, oh, Brian Dennehy. That was probably his best role. Lynn Whitfield. Like Lynn Whitfield. Oh, She's yeah. She's a cutie. She's cute. Let me see. Yeah. Just check out, we're just checking out black girls today. <laughs> <laughs> also, the guy who played Pussyfoot. Earl Hindman. Remember, um, yeah, Charlie, Charlie and Humphrey. No. On KTVU. No. Wow. Pat McCormick. Pat McCormick, I remember. Remember the little Charlie the horse and Humphrey? Oh, the, yeah, those guys. And yeah. there was a guy who played Pussyfoot. I don't remember Pussyfoot. And he has a voice like this and... No. I Look. apologize for poking yous in the nose. <laughs> I'm talking too closely for my pussyfoot voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going on the Side end of the show. Think- that's one of those lousy paloozas. Okay, in sure. any case, uh, go to the website. I'm redoing the website for the taking the tours. and I can't remember what it was. What isn't something going on with the tour? <sighs> okay, let's talk, about, <laughs> let's talk about business closures. Let's do it. Sinbads. Broke my heart. Really? Did you like Sinbads? I loved Sinbads. And I, I it was a little tired at the end there, but yeah, it was one of my favorite restaurants. I love going there and having a drink. And the food was, you know, mediocre, but mediocre. Well, if you had gone more often, maybe they wouldn't be out of business now. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we blame you, Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I have no money, so. <laughs> That'll do it. Well, okay, yeah. Now, he spends the, his time reading. A lot of people didn't like Sinbad's food, but like you say, you go in there and it's strictly for the atmosphere because yeah. the food is me- like yeah, mediocre at best, and, it, and so that's how Sinbad's. Well, I mean, San Francisco doesn't have that many good view restaurants to start with. It's got a few, Pier that's 23 true. and, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the Ramp, which has gone totally hipster. That used to be a cool place. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, they do that. But there aren't a lot. And there's a, some along the Embarcadero now, new, newer joints, but again, it's a, it's a different vibe down there now. Yeah. But the view was a it was a great view. You're right there. The bridge was right in front of you. It was great. What what are they going to build? Another ferry terminal. Oh, another ferry oh, terminal. We need yeah. More yeah. of those. So maybe they'll Wait, put what? in a Starbucks on the ferry terminal. 
That Wait, so about what? Right. A, what? Why do we need uh, are, another are gate? We short on it's another gate. Another yeah. gate. They're going to add ferry service. Sinbad's. If you went around the side of the ferry building and went under the back of that pier, that's where Sinbad's was. So oh. were they renting that space, or did they own it? They, they were a, renting it. They had a lease, and the yeah. lease expired. How long were they there? Oh, oh God, what was it forty years? Uh, at least. It was in the seventies, mm. I think, or maybe late sixties. I'm sure I was there in the seventies before you were born. I was born in 1970. I was born in 72. I was in Sinbad's when you were born. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating. Here's my question. Wait, wait, wait. I was conceived in Sinbad's. <laughs> Why did you? That could happen. <laughs> wait, was it? <laughs> Are you his father? I am not, not his father. Um, Sinbad's, I like this. I like this, by the way, throwing, this is some inside information. I'm pushing right. over the fourth wall right now because okay. it's a very flimsy bomb shelter. This says, Sinbad's finally closes. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to say? That's passive aggressive, it seems. Well, the thing is because <laughs> they, had been, they had been holding on for like a year and a half, yeah, two years. Yeah. They, oh, okay. They, they basically refused to leave. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I like, you know, there's not a lot of. San Francisco's losing a little bit of this charm. And that's what I. That's why I have this on here. Actually, let's. So we got Sinbad's. We'll put a pin in that. But we still want you to come and take the tour. <laughs> because the other update is Palace of Fine Arts. Yeah. And when you talk about, I'm going to try to bring the whole thing together here. You're talking about the places closing down and how you think you say it's losing the charm, but really every city, with the exception of this godless French, there is just constantly the cities are always evolving and, right, and right, changing. Right, right, right. And so, what was well, you were born in. You were in Sinbad's in the seven, in 1970. Yes. Okay, you're having a good time, and this is the way it is. Yeah. But there, my grandfather would have said, this is nothing like when yeah. I was young. Right. You know, they, we, it's lost all of its charm. Right. And then you go, and you keep moving forward and forward. Now, admittedly, True. the hipsters are really destroying everything. I went by our former favorite restaurant, Chayo, the, just, just yesterday. Chayo? Chayo. It was this really good Thai food. Mm-hmm. And they they oh, did it, gave it yeah gave it a real give it a new name and a new menu and everything on that menu had been fantastic. It's a brand new menu now. <laughs> I look in there, nothing but hipsters. They're on their phones, you know, millennials on their phones. It's just and it, not only is it a new menu, but it's like a third yeah, of what the other as, menu yeah. was like pages and pages. This one has like one page. Yeah. Yeah. So, admittedly, that might be considered a new phenomenon. But actually, if we think about San Francisco's history, there's always waves of people in. I mean, in 1846, they might have gone, these Mormons are ruining everything. Building <laughs> well, furniture. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but, you know, if you think about it, this is a horrible thing. Oh, good. I, I, Let's but talk I, about that. I'm like a half, it's like a half horrible thing. So, they made a horrible decision and made, like, kind of laws that were anti-Chinese, um, uh, right? Remember right. when they came? Yes. So, okay. So I'm not saying we make laws that are anti-hipster, but just you know, before before uh, uh, um, you know, time has a has a chance to catch up to us and tell us that it's wrong. Why don't we get a few anti-hipster laws just for to have like a few years of relief? Well, they're kind of doing that. They're kind of doing that with some of the businesses. It's not heritage. What's the word I'm looking for? Legacy. Legacy businesses. Yeah. They're starting to. They're they're putting in these these laws. So like um, on uh, the the grub steak. Remember, we were worried they were going to tear the grub stake down. They've dug out and everything all around it, and it's still sitting Oh, they're going to leave it there? It looks like they're going to build around it. Oh, I hope really? so. Yeah. Oh, Plus, good. You, you need a good after-hours spot when you're hammered and you need a burger. <laughs> yeah. And it's right by the Regency Ballroom. It's right, right. by, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, San Francisco, the what, what, American Music Hall. It's, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so, I mean, that's something that I guess is good. There's probably something that... 
we don't think of some butterfly effect that'll you know kill somebody down the road but who so, knows so how about no hipsters east of van s would that work that's fine with me yeah me too <laughs> I'm kind of okay with that too, yeah. So anyway, the point is, I think the hipster problem is going to fix itself in that they will age, they will get married, they will have children, and they will leave. Or there will be. Or they'll, some sort they'll of start businesses and then get mad at. New Financial. They're going to start businesses. Pretty. How how many how many angel investors can you get for businesses that the only thing they do is send emails? Yeah. Because we're in this building right now. I see them. Actually, the bubble, the bubble will burst, We're yeah. in a and they will leave and go home and live with their these parents. Gu- these guys exactly. are not going to start businesses. They don't no. even take their own clothes to the cleaners. That's exactly they're right. They're employees. Yeah. They're yeah. not entrepreneurs. Yeah, exactly. So, the, You know what's interesting, by the way? How come it's interesting that hipsters are a weekly topic for us for some reason uh, do you understand <laughs> yes i know i know we're a san francisco base and we talk a lot about san francisco well i know but... you didn't listen to the the episode i did by myself no <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet that was something. no 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 because i discussed that oh you I did actually defined hipsters oh okay because there are different strains of hipster <laughs> like yes. strain like a virus yes, yes. Exactly. Kind of like toe fungus it doesn't <laughs> exactly yeah. we've always ta- we always talk about them in that metaphor that they come in they they take over a host, they kill the host, and then they go on to something else. Right. What do they turn into? I mean, what were that's past characters? No, they what? turn into yuppies. They turn into yuppies. Anything. Here's yeah, the thing. Yeah, here's right. the thing. All the hipsters or all the hippies turned into yuppies. You're right. All the they they all got you know that you know became not most, all the hippies. Oh, not all yuppies. of them. I know some we have one wa- sitting here, but I'm saying <laughs> some became wavy gravy. And I'm sure, by the way, there was there was tons of like wavy gravy popsicles you can buy and wavy gravy whistles and wavy gravy co- corporate. Actually, I think they're what? I'm sorry. Nothing. Okay. Uh, uh, I said stuff, by the way, to see how good I was. But it, you know what I'm saying? They corporatize. So, so the same, corporatize? That's a word. I just came up with it. Commoditize um, is what they It's mean. funny, because the irony there is they corporatize is probably they hermetically something they say seal. in the corporate world. They hermetically seal. Yes. It has to do with synergy. Kind of like um, guesstimating. Hey, don't make fun of synergy. But what I'm saying is, so they corporatize. So they might as, they're going to anyway. Once anything can be, just like they already have now, right? Um... All of the Ford commercials are, ding, 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 you know, like the, with the key, with the xylophone. You don't like the, the iambic pentameter, do you? I don't know what that is, but here's what I'm saying. <laughs> anytime, anytime we can find a way to monetize it and ruin Poetry. it, we monetize and we ruin it. So it's just going to be whatever, right? Anything salvageable from the hipsters is just going to be monetized, and then we'll move on to the next thing. That's all. Toast. Do they still eat toast? Remember no, how now that they're on the ramen thing? noodles. Oh, that's right. They're now all ramen, about ramen noodles, noodles can be referred to as amazing. <laughs> Awesome. Can you stand in line? Absolutely. Then that is amazing. Uh huh. Was this leading back to the Palace of Fine Arts? I was trying to get back to the Palace of Fine Arts, yeah. Wait a second. Tony, is this your first time on this this show? It is. Isn't it going to be your last? Am I right? I'm leaning that way. Right. This is like being in a bar with no alcohol. (laughs) What What would you like to say about the Palace of Fine Arts? I think it's a beautiful building. I I think it needs to be kept in the artistic realm. I don't want to see a luxury hotel there, which is what they're talking about doing. Right. I'd like to see it turned over to the arts in some way, shape, or form. Make it. In fact, you could make it an entire gallery of, of artists and and working artists. You could you could have galleries there. You could watch these guys painting in their ateliers. That would be great. It doesn't. Is that like a French it, word for underwear? 
That's yeah. what I was gonna. I was just gonna say it's like a studio, but oh, okay. but of course it doesn't. You can't monetize that, and it's all about money, of course. Yeah. So yeah. I have no idea what we'll get. Now. What, what, what the reason why Tony was it was important to bring up the, the Palace of Fine Arts is because they're trying to get a petition going to keep these big companies that want to come in and, like he said, put in hotels or restaurants. Frankly, right now they're using it for a Hunger Games exhibit there. <laughs> Is that artsy enough that's, for you there, Tony? Because that's art. <laughs> it's veering in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, in, in the second line of your little thing here, you, uh-huh. you misspelled seizure. Just, ah. just, just so you know. <laughs> you know it's his it's first Z. day. It's, a it's his first day, and he's already... <laughs> Do you need a job? You know what's, you know what's yeah, funny? Yes. <laughs> I never let the guests see this version. I always edit their version down to just what they you need to know. You just force me to read and it. Seizure. <laughs> I'm surprised, you didn't, I'm surprised you didn't mispronounce it. I, wow, that was to you. No, Cicer. that was to you. Cicery. <laughs> Epilicicicery. All right, whatever. <laughs> oh, I love having Tony on the let's show. To get, let's get awesome. to what the throng wants Babette, to hear. there's something in your teeth. <laughs> I've rinsed Animal obituaries There you go That's our favorite Alright so did you hear about the aggressive coyote on Bernal Hill? Nope How about you Tony? I did in fact hear about it yes. Now do you ever go down in that area? That's quite a bit When I was a cab driver I went to Bernal Heights quite a bit Yeah Yeah it was, I always got lost up there Never. Fa- I'm a native San Francisco and yeah. I still got lost up there Yeah it, the streets it, are weird It's a great neighborhood yeah. I never saw a coyote there I did see one There's one on Telegraph Hill too yeah. Oh, really? That's yes. Currently. Currently there. Do you, have you seen him? I, I have not or seen her? him. I've only seen the sign warning that such an animal is there. This doesn't really fit the topic of obituary. Nobody died. No, not yet. But he's starting to get aggressive. A, a dog was menaced. Yes. But not attacked. <laughs> that's how it starts. Cause I not really want to see that. <laughs> There's a coyote. That's a nice fur coat you got there, dog. You shame if something happened to that fur coat. What are you trying to say? But no, not long ago, um, bar out in the alcohol. avenues, there were uh, raccoons, raccoons yes. that were getting more aggressive well, and actually did att- and start to attack the people with their dogs when they're walking. Their yeah, dogs. well, they, they're going for the trash cans and all the good garbage. Well, there. they were going after the dogs. Really? I think yeah. it was, honestly, I think it was more of a territory thing because yeah, actually, yeah. the people would hear <laughs> as they were walking up. <laughs> You know? When you're a raccoon, you're a raccoon. Right. Tony, are you learning more? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so the coyote is becoming more... Yes, more brazen. More... Very good. That is exactly the word. Bold. Yes. So that's what's happening. Now, the thing is this. I not long ago did a job on Bernal Heights, Mm -hmm. and you know what else they had there? Uh, An Ikea? Packs of raccoons. Okay. And they were not the friendliest little creatures you saw there. No. Okay, so we're going to keep that in mind. Those we got were the, the sharks. We got the coyotes uh-huh. getting aggressive. We got the raccoons. And now we have an epidemic of pigs <laughs> running wild in San Francisco. I love pigs. I didn't pigs read the so pig cute. story, so you're on your own. Okay. <laughs> well, here's what we got. There was a runaway piglet in the Mission District. How cute. Well, we'll see. Piglets are so cute. They're smart. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You got to be careful of the pigs. So did he wind up at some bro barbecue or what? He did not. He was he was reported running in awesome. traffic on 19th and Dolores. 
cute? Anyway, I he was rescued piglets. by he was rescued by the San Francisco police. And they named her Janice. Yes. But and here's what I'm getting at. And it ran amuck. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. The muck running gets bad here because okay, we got all this stuff going on. Because she actually wants to take over the Palace of Fine Arts. No. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I should just leave it like that. It's a nice little sum up. Mm. Now not in San Francisco, but in New Hampshire, oh. for the New Hampshire primary a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. a runaway pig from a nearby farm came to the polling station, went in, supposedly was going to cast a vote for was, Trump, I'm guessing. Yes. And hmm. in Detroit, mm-hmm. the second <clears throat> pig Two. was found running around the streets. What do you mean the second? Pig? Which, in other words, this isn't. This is happening in San Francisco. It's, an it's epidemic? happening in New Hampshire. I'd say it's, it's a happened, pandemic, and it's happened twice in Detroit. Wait, twice in Detroit? Twice in Detroit. Detroit. Maybe they have some sort of a strange piglet fight club. But it's not just the piglets. It's the coyotes. It's the raccoons. Do you see what I'm getting? Maybe at here? maybe they've just had enough. You know, we've screwed <laughs> things up so bad. About. Maybe they're just saying that's it. Game over. Can we adopt? Time for her? a mucking. Can we adopt Janice? <laughs> No. No, Jan- Janice is working Why for the planning commission now. <laughs> I don't like pigs. I love pigs. How can you not love that? Isn't that the cutest thing no, ever? Okay, but kitties are the cutest thing. Wait, 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 well, that's the end of that. Right wait, there. wait, wait. Is that going to be the, the picture with uh, uh of the thing? Of the, <gasps> of the Look S- at this one. It's a piglet kissing a cat. I know you love All that. Right. This wow. is the worst <laughs> thing in the world. I think it's You've eating a cat. You've unleashed something horrible upon the All planet. right, I won't even talk oh, about the, the dog that did kill the safe with way. a stuffed piglet. It's got his own little little piglet <laughs> toy. Isn't that cute? Oh, look. We're doing show and tell. All right. And I'm here it is, seven thirty. Uh, <laughs> Tony, I, I bottle pigs. of scotch. What? <laughs> I was gonna say. I think we're done with the piglet talk. All I'm saying is, everyone, be forewarned. You're hearing it here. The animals are coming. SK and Tony's it. right. They're, they're but tired why would of they it. send only four-legged ones? Well, or, a, or why would I understand why they would send coyotes and uh, maybe a raccoon or two, but a piglet? That just seems. Are they trying to throw us off? Who was in charge in Animal Farm? Right. The pigs, right? Pigs, pigs are smart. Yeah. Pigs Napoleon are, and Snowball. Yeah. And of course, Napoleon was Trotsky and Snowball was Stalin. All right, let's let that uh. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is like watching tennis. <laughs> Here's my dumb idea. Here's my dumb idea okay. back. Well, well. Da, da, da. Um, so we had two alternate topics tony yes but we have been kind of just meandering through this i had noticed but yeah (laughs) tony's been asleep so so i have a question yes sir how married were you to these alternate (laughs) topics that you would the uh like for instance the hunter point hunter's point radiation oh god we just went into the radiation. that's why i brought it up because all right go ahead you know what by the way i was talking to tony I don't know. I if know, you, if but I'm here. You could tell because I was looking at him and I using his name. I have feelings too. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't okay. think Tony's coming back. Let's do this. Yes. Let's do a commercial for Bridal Fitness Coach, and then we'll try to regroup. Sound good? Then we can just talk to Tony. I'm more interested in talking. To I him. am too. That's why I came. <laughs> you don't feel like it. Okay. Why don't I do it? Why don't I try to do an you honest read do. of this thing? <sighs> An, an honest bridal fitness coach commercial? Yes. Okay. 
I'm just gonna put it out there. We're gonna get through this. I want I want to okay. talk with Tony about his 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 life and experience. I thought okay. we we're doing a bridal. Coach. I am. Oh. I'm doing a commercial for bridal fitness coach. <laughs> we're now, gonna talk to you, you about your experience. You may not be aware being of this. a bride. Not being a bride, I you were never a bride, correct? No, but I blushed. Okay. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> Ow! Stop n- knocking things. Okay. Well, here's the problem with brides these days. <laughs> I'm going to let you handle this one by yourself, wise guy. That's a great way to start off yes. a co- commercial. Bryce, here's Sorry, Tammy Fox, wherever you are. They're spending there a lot of energy, a lot of time, and a lot of money. On these, I shall list. Photographer, caterer, flowers, venue, planner. That ends up to being a lot of money. But the, here's the real key here. See, certified personal trainer Tammy Fox realized they spend all that money on that which is all going to go away. The flowers are going to die. The photographer is going to die. I mean, he he may be sick now, maybe not, but he, he will die. He may be some sort of a it's all those chemicals omnipotent exactly. being who just continues to. The caterer is probably just going to explode live. like Dom DeLuise and Fatso. The venue will eventually burn or be turned into a Starbucks. So none of those things are going to last. None. But you know what lasts. <laughs> not marriage the facebook what? post <laughs> <laughs> again yes exactly so you shouldn't even be focusing on that you should be focusing on getting a white hot body right so that you can find your next lover. exactly the next guy <laughs> so here's what you do oh God. Oh God. <laughs> you go to bridal fitness coach and what bridal fitness coach does is they have you go beyond just looking good they also get you feeling good with diet, with exercise, the whole thing. Because confidence is the best way to find a new lover. That's when you feel good and you look good. Don't and say lover. Just... That's so gross when people say lover. <laughs> what I do you want that. me to say? A lover. Suitor. When you want a new lover. When you are going to be woo. Yes, yes. And a, and a courtship. <laughs> they used to call it pitching woo. Remember that's that? right. Yeah. And on, on Match Game 78, that's how they would put it. <laughs> what? I think pitching woo with a tough picture of Tony a pig. Tony was so tough. <laughs> How tough was he? Did you never saw a match game? No. Okay. <laughs> you were born in 78, right? No. Uh, he was born in 82. 86. Jeez. 86? Christ, my son was born in 86. Your son is Christ? Christ, uh, my son. No, he's, definite, Christ he's son. definitely not Christ. Well, that's some arrogant naming right there. I know. I'll name him Christ. <laughs> Well, the Mexicans do it yeah, all the time. I was say, Jesus. Okay. Well, he has a pension for Latin women. <laughs> He's pinching Latin women. Never mind. Just okay. Go alcohol. Did no he go to bridal coach? No, no. Look, whether the wedding is next day, not wouldn't be the next day. You probably wouldn't call her the next day and say, can you get me into this dress? Hey, right. Did I need to lose 20 pounds <laughs> in 13 hours. <laughs> She's got some pills. But okay. whether it be next month. Maybe even next year, the point is this, that Bridal Fitness Coach will have you looking and feeling fabulous. Thank you. So, here's what happens. You get a Bridal bridal Fitness Coach trainer, juice box. <laughs> you stop worrying about fitting into the dress. You're provided with a tailor-made fitness program that fits your goals, time frame, and budget. How do you know Taylor made it? I think we're trying too hard. I think we're trying to I think you're Tony. trying too hard. I am. Tony, you go to the gym, yeah, right? Occasionally. What would you do if you couldn't go to the gym, but you wanted to fit into your bridal dress? 
I would go to bridalfitness.com or wherever. That's right. And you know what, you know what bridalfitnesscoach.com would do? They would come to you. She would kick my butt. Yes, she as would. As I well know. She would. And you would pay her well. And I would like pay her Like a lot of people come, on Craigslist. She would come to your house or she can go to your you can go to her gym. She can even do it over the internet. She can train the brides, but she also trades the bridal parties and the grooms too. Throw the groom in there too. Ah. That's shut. usually what the wedding's about is throw the groom in there too. That's right. Yeah. Belongs, <laughs> belongs to the bride. Don't kid yourself. That, that's exactly yeah. right. And that's why they need to get a free consultation. That's right. And the free consultation, you can get it. Either go online at bridalfitnesscoach.com. Or. Or you can call 415-317-6827. 415-317-6827. Bridal Fitness Coach. Make a commitment. Very good. Okay. Let's get to what we really want to get to here. Talk to Tony. That's I've, what we want to do. We I've, want to talk to Tony. I've totally spaced out. I know. <laughs> oh, who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. Say, who are the people in your neighborhood? This people that we're talking to is, as we've mentioned before, a journalist. What's his author. neighborhood? Well, I'm going to ask him. Oh, Relax. Sorry. Uh, Tony Long, <laughs> we've established that you are a man of letters. Yeah, mostly vowels. Okay. <laughs> as soon as I met him, he did, instead of saying, like, hi, my name's Tony Wade, he's shaking my hand, he just said, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was just an intro, it's European. Or so let's start at the beginning. First, the earth cooled. <laughs> yes, December seventh, nineteen fifty-two. In case December seventh, yeah, Pearl Harbor Day. Wow, that's when you were born. It was uh, eleven years after, huh? Eleven years after the big day. Wow, yeah. was it still? Now, did did people treat? Of course, you you wouldn't remember the day you were born, but did people treat say thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years after? Did they have the same feeling about Pearl Harbor as people did do now about? September 11th. Sure. I mean, it was a, it, yeah, it was a watershed moment in American history, just like November 22nd, 1963, and then then September 11th. All three of them were game changers, as they say. Yeah. You know, I mean, did Pearl Harbor got us into a war. We emerged as a superpower. Kennedy ruined our, uh, or Kennedy's assassination ruined our uh, innocence, and 9-11 turned us totally paranoid. Interesting. Wow. Sounds like a hot chick. Yeah. My dad used to refer to the day of infamy without any reference to the Japanese at all. It was all about me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Okay, so here you are, a, a baby boomer, correct? Very much so. Right in the middle of it, the baby boom. You were born here in San Francisco? I was. And what neighborhood? I was born at Children's Hospital, so that would be out near Laurel Village. <laughs> Where did your parents live what, when your mother oh, was pregnant? you know, it's funny. My, my old man was a newspaper man. My mother didn't work, and they lived in Pacific Heights. Really? Wow. Yeah, you could do stuff like that in those days. Wow. Yeah. But um, my old man, the, the apartment was too small, so we moved down to the marina or down to Cow Hollow. Again, a neighborhood you couldn't touch now, yeah, yeah. but you could in those days. And we had a two-bedroom flat in the marina. That's basically where I grew up. And that's where you grew up. Yeah. And so now you're living on Telegraph Hill. Yeah, Telegraph Hill, North Beach. I've lived in the, my current apartment for 11 years. <laughs> okay, so it hasn't been there. Because when we were talking about the animals, there was a guy who used to actually have a raccoon on a leash. 
up on Telegraph Hill, but that was back in the 60s. Yeah, I don't remember him. No, okay. Um, so really the marina would be where you, you have your memories as a... As a child, as yeah. As a young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, not a young man, but as a child. Uh, yeah. Well, when did you leave the marina? We, my dad, like I said, was a newspaper man, oh, and yeah. so he took a job at the L.A. Times, so we moved to L.A. when I was almost 13. And okay. I stayed there through high school and college and then came back. Oh, so... You go down to the marina, you see it. I'm assuming that it, it's unrecognizable compared to your youth. You know, funny, funnily enough, uh, physically it's still recognizable, but in every other way, it's like the dark side of the moon. I mean, I yeah. I, they didn't have I, yoga pants in the 50s? Not at all. No. <laughs> no, you know, yoga was a bear when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, here's my question, too, though. Uh, the reason why they can't, they don't change it physically very much is because it's not built on... Isn't it built on something? Uh, yeah, it's uh, built on fill. It's built on fill. Yeah, okay. I mean and that's that, why the '89 quake proved that. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. so that's why they're not building there like they're building everywhere else. Yeah, you're not going to see high rises right out there. You can <clears> see <throat> them in Pacific Heights. In fact, they were there when I was a kid. So yeah, I, Pacific Heights is on is on rock though. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's that stand of t- tall apartment buildings mm-hmm. along Vallejo Street. I used mm-hmm. to go up there and try and sell salamanders to them when I was a kid. Where'd you get the salamanders? Uh, in the backyard. Really? Yeah, How just, much did you get them? How much did you get? For never them? sold one. Got a lot of <laughs> got a lot of laughs. Got a le- got, got some, a lot of leads. Got some lemons. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you trying to sell those salamanders? Were they? F- I, I think he it, might have had yeah. mental problems. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Is it for fishing or would it? They were, oh. they were for pets. Oh, that's cute. And you can flush those and they'll survive. <laughs> I, I never thought about that. Yeah. So that, mind, that could have been, you might have sold them had you had me to write your you know, your copy. They do dry out if, if you don't keep them. Right, because oh, as really? you can see, his copying is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you get a they, spell salamander right now. They dry S-A-L. out? Amanda. They dry out if you don't keep them in moist. Yeah. Oh, how many did, did you Kill. allow to dry out? <laughs> Probably hundreds. I, it wasn't deliberate. It's an animal obituary. You the salama- <laughs> you're the salamander murderer of the that's marina. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> ah, man. I knew the Zodiac Killer, by the way. Oh. No, you didn't. Are you serious? <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking about the Zodiac <laughs> Yes, <tonight>. I'm serious. <laughs> oh, no, did you But you did drive a cab. I did drive a cab. Were you driving a cab in 1973? I was not. I was driving a cab as recent as two weeks ago ah that's right you're wait a second although I, I i'm it's still too early in our friendship to say when you, oh, you, you think said you're friends listen <laughs> see i have i have uh, tact okay. uh he attaches very quickly yes yeah, I know. he's needy all i'm saying is he's an you said when i when i tack when i drove tack i'm like when there's only been two weeks you haven't wend yeah i, I mean i went back to it. You after, can oh, I after, see. After my stellar journalism career, I still needed ah, to make a living, so I started driving okay. a cab. Yeah. Right. yeah. So. so, but you weren't, you weren't. I was taking cabs back then. Yeah. I may have ridden in that guy's cab, the guy who got oh, shot. Oh, he was a yeah. taxi driver? Well, one, one, of, his one of his victims, victims yeah. Was, yeah. Ah. The one who, there was only one victim in San Francisco. Yeah, and he was, and he was kill- a cab driver was, in Pack Heights. He was killed at uh, Presidio Heights. He was killed oh, at Cherry yeah. in Sacramento. Yeah. Which is a weird place to get shot by somebody. Yeah, he did. Nowhere near as good as other places to get shot. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> like the foot would be better. I would say. <laughs> anyway, okay. Wow. So you were so you then you did the rest of your growing up down in L.A. Well, yeah, high school. I'm sorry to yeah, hear that. High school, yeah, me too. Seriously. Where did you live in L.A.? Well, I lived in Orange County, but to me, anything south Even of the Tehachapi's was L.A. Orange right. County. All of this caring about the people turns out he's. You know, deep down, he's a right winger from Orange County. Well, the he's John Birch Society was very active when I was living down there. Yeah, I hated it. It was awful. 
So, okay, so when you came back, was it were you were a journalist at that point? Where'd you, where'd you go to college? I went to Cal State Fullerton, which actually had a pretty good journalism department. Right. Yeah. And like I said, my old man was a newspaper man, so I knew I was going into the business. Uh-huh. I started down there working on small papers. I was a reporter originally. And then when I got engaged to be married, I decided I wanted regular hours, uh, which turned out to be really crappy hours because new- the newspaper business does not have good hours. And so I had regular hours. But they were regularly bad. Regularly bad and lousy days off, but yeah. consistent. Now, when, let's go to when you were first, you were a reporter. Yeah. What is that? What what, what kind of life is that? Well you, well, you start out you know, covering real crap. You go to school board meetings. You go to... You go to city council meetings and you sit and, you you know, the item, the agenda item you're waiting for is number 45. <laughs> so you sit there and then at 43, they say, hey, let's take a dinner break. You know, it was that kind of thing. It's it's called paying your dues. Oh, OK. So and, everyone goes through that. Yeah. And then I covered accidents and I covered, you know, I did the closest thing I came to politics. I did cover Ronald Reagan's initial run for the White House, the one he lost uh, in 76. I covered that in, God, where was it? Mission Mission Viejo, I think he came came through on a campaign swing. Yeah. Uh, And then I stopped being a reporter. So I never really did anything sexy. I became an editor, like my father. Yeah. And moved inside. So did you become an editor while you were down there? Or did you take a job up here? No, I took a editing job at the Santa Ana Register. Were you were you wanting to be an editor from the beginning or were you No, I thought I was gonna be a reporter and then I realized that I just didn't you know, I, I don't enjoy interviewing people very much, and I'm really bad with names. So those are two big strikes against being a reporter. And he makes right. up a lot of stuff. And that's real bad. That's un- right. Yeah. Doesn't care for details. Yeah, right. I was more. This interested. sounds a lot like Can't SK. Type. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I was a word guy. I like I like the language, and mm-hmm. so I liked fixing bad writing, and there was plenty of it to fix. So. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It, it was <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> And so when you came here, you got a job at? First job I had here was the Hayward Review. I, I worked there for a year, and then I got a job at the Examiner. And the guy who hired me had known my dad, and so he gave me a copy editing test, and he put it in front of me, and he, as he started to walk away, he turned and said, don't worry how you do on it. I'm going to hire you anyway. So I didn't worry about it too much, and I got hired. Did you do anything to it? No, I, I no. I just give it a no, C. No, look, I was okay. I was 26. I was not in position to be a wise guy. Oh. <laughs> now maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now you're an editor at the Examiner. Did you join the Bohemian Club? No, I want. We wanted to join the press club, but the PR guys had taken it over. It was a lousy press club by the time I came along. Where is the press club? Well, it used to be on Post Street, and they had a great building. I mean, it was it, and it was great because you had reciprocal rights. So if you were in the press club, you could go to Washington D.C. or New York, and you could stay at the press club there, which was one of the coolest yeah. aspects of it. One of the main reasons I wanted to join. But I never did because by the time I showed up, it was mostly public relations guys, and they're they're not newspaper guys. I'll guarantee you. Well, I guess the Bohemian Club is now a political. Well, thing. the Bohemian Club was founded by artists, and now it's guys like Dick Cheney and Henry Kissinger right. running around naked in the woods. Picture that yeah. for a minute. If you well, no, I, thank I like, you. Like Paul Newman was part of one of them, sweetie. Well, that's okay. Okay, no, uh, <laughs> love him. Actually, <laughs> the Bohemian Club was actually founded by newspaper reporters. Yeah, I know it was. Yeah. And they first met in the um, Hearst Building. Oh, Third and Market. Yeah, that's there. where my dad worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the f- they first met there, and then they went over to the Montgomery Block. Yeah, and then now they have their you know my, their place on. My mom lived in the Montgomery Block. 
She lived in the Montgomery Oh, yeah, Ward? when she first came to San Francisco. Was she an artist? Uh, well, she was an, a woman of interest. Um, I wouldn't say she was an artist. She did things artistically. She I, was a model. She was, um, she got around, let's put it that way. Yeah, my mom was an interesting woman. Oh. Yeah. Do we dare dig deeper? Yes. Well, I mean, she came out here in the middle of a world war. She'd washed out of acting school in New York. And so she said, screw this, got on a train and came out west. Uh, moved into the Montgomery block, hung out in the North Beach Jazz Clubs. Um, I didn't know there was residences there. Yeah. They're just, by they the way. They were like little studios. And, and, so and, and the, by that time, it was mostly artists and writers living there. Yeah. And because the building was almost dilapidated at that point. The Montgomery block is where the pyramid is now. Yeah, it's the, the same. Transamerica pyramid. Yeah, wow. right Man. on the side. There's a little plaque inside the pyramid. Yeah. It was about a hundred. It was a hundred-year-old building. It was when it was built. It was the tallest building in San Francisco. It's the tallest building west of the Mississippi yeah. River. And it was built on um, essentially a raft of redwood, giant twelve-inch by twelve-inch redwood right. timbers. And well, we've talked about this before on the show, but I know Pete doesn't listen, so I'll no. fill him in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm we have new throng members. It's the building where Mark Twain met a San Francisco fireman right. by the name of. Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer, yeah. yeah. And I know that, yeah, there was uh, St- Ralph Stackpole had a mm. – because w- when it was going on, I mean, guys like M- Mark Twain had an office there. Uh, Bret Hart had an office there right. all the way up through Joaquin. Oh, well, um, oh God! <laughs> I know. I can never remember. He was he he hung. He was a lava. Joaquin of, Miller. Uh, Joaquin Miller. Yeah, Joaquin Miller. And uh, <laughs> his, his squeeze was um, uh, Ina 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 Coolbrith. Ina Coolbrith. And Who was a tomato? By yeah, the way. yeah, yeah. She was. She was actually a a honorary member. Well, she was going to be a member of the Bohemian Club, so they made her the librarian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all the way up until Kerouac, um, and like I said, Stockpole had a had a uh, office there. Benny Buffano. Yeah, Benny had a, had a had a studio there. Probably a small studio. He was kind of. Yeah, yeah, he there. was. Yeah. And in fact. Um, no, that's that's not who I'm thinking of. Dali. No, the other guy that I always think Rivera. Oh, D- Diego. No, Diego, Diego Rivera. <laughs> uh, even when he would come up, he had a studio there. Yeah, Monk, it was Monk. quite a place. Yeah. and there was a restaurant there called Copas. There, remember right. Copas? Copas. I have some pictures of the cats on the walls, and, which yeah. they painted to, to pay for their supper. They, they yeah. would paint murals, and then the guy would give them free dinners. Exactly. And, that sounds exciting. Well, yeah. it was a different city then. You know, it was a, yeah. it was a, no, no hipsters. No hipsters. Yeah, right. Kerouac wasn't a hipster. I like old San Francisco. <laughs> so, yeah, so my mom lived there, and then she got a job at the Examiner as a receptionist uh, working for Herb Kane, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, she worked for him for two years. And then she met my dad, and and then they got married, and then I came along, and that was the end of her newspaper career. Yeah. Because yeah, women just stopped working in those days when they had babies. Right. and So you ruined your mother's life? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. High five. I oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you were a cute little baby. I was adorable. Did you have the, did you have the beard then, too? <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't uh-huh. grow the beard until, what, third grade, I think? Okay, there you go. I understand. Yeah. You know. but, but you did start driving taxis at that time. <laughs> Anybody could. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you could reach the pedals. Yeah, it's 1953. These medallions cost 20 bucks. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah, let's nice. let's not even go there. Yeah. That's too depressing. <laughs> All right. <Okay. laughs> I, I didn't know what you were looking at back there. I thought, oh I, no! Frankly, I thought there was a monster. No, it was technically none of your business. It was, a, it was a dramatic pause, which I guess oh, is kind yeah. of a waste of time on radio. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's it's. Dr- 
anything worth like art here is just just forget. What are you talking just, about? I got Michelle Thomas's uh, Jeanne Chequois. What? 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 what, what There's a name. She had a French name for this. That guy looks like Huey Lewis. No, that's um. What's his name? Um, the one that was in the. He performed Bruno uh, Mars. That's him. Bruno Mars. That's not Bruno Mars. Yes, it is. Is it? He has. He plays guitar. No. <laughs> I think that's Bruno Mars. He may dance with one. Michelle will tell us. We'll you want me to text her? I was kind of wondering what he was doing with that guitar, to tell you the truth. And I like, <laughs> and I like how this SK is by San also San Francisco's greatest greatest artist. I like how S I like how SK also has a picture of Han Solo for be, some reason. Look, this is my wall of gifts. No, no, Michelle no. You are a dork. No, Just Noah Dubs brought this. Remember, no. Oh, that's right. You don't listen. Noah Dubs, our our cable car expert. I our know Noah cable car Okay, he's he's a coworker of mine in the music industry. That's right. Okay. Well, in any case, he brought that to me as a uh-huh. gift. And uh PJ, our cub reporter for the Giants, brought this to me. You have a cub reporter for the Giants? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Does it pay? No, although I'm we are going to try to get her. <laughs> he's trying to get a job. I'm going to make this <laughs> pay gift throng. I'm trying to get credentials this year. Are you going to cool. make him a gift? Yeah, for, but uh, mostly she talks about which guys are the dreamiest on the team. Oh, for God. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, Do you have had... an opinion? <laughs> well, Angel you Pagan see... kind of floats oh, my boat. He likes, he likes the Latinos. Yeah, that's right. They have, they have rhythm. <laughs> Not like the white guys. <laughs> Boy, there's a lot of white guys on the Giants. The, you know, I've I've noticed that. Yeah, I'm it was thinking like watching the Celtics in the '80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to continue hearing yes, about Tony's interesting yes. life. Yeah. So okay, so you come back he to San Francisco. He ruined his mother's life. Yeah. You ruined your mother's life. Right. So you come and you get a job at the Examiner. Dramatic pause. And yeah. and you're an editor. Yeah. What did you edit? Well, I started out as uh, an, on the news desk doing, you know, hard news. Uh-huh. I did that for about six years. <laughs> then they sent me over to the style department because they didn't have a copy desk over there. So they sent me over there to organize one. And I ended up staying in style for five years. And then after that, I moved to sports. And I spent the last five or six years at the examiner working in the sports department. Are you a sports fan? Uh, not as much as I used to be. Uh, yeah. Most but, of the time, he just talks about but, how dreamy the guys are. Yeah, pretty much. That Pagan. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah. No, I mean I like sports. Baseball is is my favorite sport. Yeah. Yeah. And you, when you were down in L.A., because I mean it's really your formative sports years oh, when you were in L.A. I was Uh-oh. I was insufferable. I I went to Dodger Stadium and always made an ass out of myself. Oh, we try, as a Giants oh, fan. Well, as anybody good but man. the Dodgers, I rooted oh, yeah. for any. I would have rooted for North Korea against the. Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, and I and Nicely I. Exactly. I have a question. Yes, about ma'am. The, about the examiner. Yes, ma'am. How, how would you describe the examiner? <laughs> like, what what type of magazine or newspaper is it? Well, it was a it was a daily newspaper. It was a regional newspaper. Um, San Francisco has had a lot of newspapers over the years. It's never had a great newspaper. Never, not once. Okay. And I think partly. Papers like the New York Times and the L.A. Times, they devote resources. The New York Times features itself as a world newspaper. The L.A. Times featured itself as a national newspaper. We were a regional paper, and that was pretty – then the Chronicle, too. So we, did, we, we didn't attain that greatness, but what we did have was a lot of talent. There were a lot of talented people working on both papers. It was a fun place to work. Uh, newspaper people are still the best people I've ever worked with or ever known. They're dysfunctional in a in a wonderful way. They fit the city. The papers fit the city. And in in the 70s and 80s and 90s, when I worked at the Examiner, the city was still that sort of freewheeling, iconoclastic, um, joie de vivre kind of city. Joie de vivre. That's what this yeah, is it's called. Yeah, it's a French word. <clears throat> yeah. 
Okay, that's you're, you're, you're going to want to edit that part out. When no, no, I was I made it interesting. Go ahead. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> well, let me be brief. Okay. <laughs> it's a tabloid now, and it's that's it's what I it's gone through like I worked when it was a Hearst paper. It. It's been through like four different owners since. Um, Was it like I will a, say this, though. The Examiner today does a better job of covering local news than the Chronicle does. What? Mm. Okay. Like the Chronicle is like the newspaper of the city, right? Well, That's, now it is. It is now. It wasn't It's the then. only one you but pay for. But back then, it, well, the Examiner was more like the Chronicle? When my dad worked there, the Examiner had the biggest circulation. I, really? And yeah. did you pay for it? When, yeah. When did, did we pay for did it? You, did you pay for it then? Because it's free now, isn't citizens. it? Oh, no, it was a, you yeah. paid for it then. It was like a dime. But it's a it's, free paper now. Yeah. When was the last time you worked for it? I quit in 96. Okay. You have your hand up. Yes. Yes. I, I figured maybe I'd like to say something. Okay. Actually, you had mentioned with the, originally, it was known as the Monarch of Papers. Monarch of the Dailies. Yeah. And the Chronicle was the voice of the West. Yeah. Neither was true. Oh, it wasn't <laughs> but, true. But, That's just, that was just Hearst trying to sell papers. We had it. an eagle. And, yeah. then, and then woven into the eagle's wings, it said Monarch of the Dailies. Yeah. So I'm working on a novel now. I'm just going to mention this briefly. No, we'll talk about it. Okay, well, my fictional paper is The San Francisco Monarch. Oh, oh so cool. I like that's it. That's very nice. cool. Now, did you know, you probably do know this, that's the name of the bear that's on the flag in California. Yes. Yeah, named after Monarch because, you want to tell the story? Uh, I don't know the story. Oh. I just knew the name. When the grizzlies were dying out or you know, getting killed out, William Randolph Hearst decided for publicity he would catch the last grizzly bear in California, and they caught it, and because of the Monarch of Papers, they named the bear Monarch. Okay, I didn't know that. I just knew his name was Monarch. Yeah, and they took him around, you know, and eventually he stayed in, uh, he was originally put in Woodward's Gardens. Oh, okay, well that's... And then moved over to Golden Gate Park, and then finally he was put in the zoo. They He was around for the... uh, the San Francisco Zoo, and he is now at the stuffed. Uh, he's stuffed at the Academy of Sciences. <laughs> wow. You can see him in the pose from the from the uh, flag, uh, right in the Academy of Sciences right now. Is he holding wow. an examiner? By he is not, no, <laughs> he but he's got a, he's got like a tattoo. It's weird. It's a Korean symbol for friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Tramp stamp. There you go. Yeah. I think this sounds so exciting working at a newspaper. It was. It was a blast. I'm it glad seems I did like it. something like out of a movie. Now, now by '96, <laughs> by '96, there hadn't been any. Uh, I mean, the internet was around, but it yeah. hadn't been anything like it is now. Right? No, I mean, and the internet obviously had a huge impact. So did just mismanagement. I mean, newspapers were just badly managed in the '90s. Why? Well, they didn't see the internet coming. That was one oh, thing. Oh yeah. Uh, the other thing was they were profligate. A lot of them spent money they shouldn't have spent. Newspaper management is traditionally, you know, unless you're at a great paper, is, is usually pretty bad. Um, What's the great paper? The, the New York Times is still a great paper. Um, although I will say they're doing a, a very nice job pushing Hillary Clinton real hard for president. Um, Shouldn't papers be neutral? Well, that's, a, that's you know, uh, objectivity is what they call it. And that's really one of the big misnomers. It, there's no true objectivity. Papers do reflect Right. And what's sad about now is, of course, they're all corporatized. They're all like like five or six companies own almost all the papers in the country. Oh, wow. TV stations, radio stations and even the Internet. And so one of the things that's happening to our business of journalism is that corporations have taken over and you don't have a variety of voices like you used to have. You talk about the heyday of newspapers was probably the late 19th and early 20th centuries. You had papers all over the country with all kinds of views. You had socialist papers. You had papers used to call themselves the Democrat or the Republican, and right. they really were. Yeah, they, 
they press re- Democrats still up in San. They Rosa. reflected those views, and that was a good thing because it was a marketplace of ideas, yeah. and, and that's what journalism, that's what newspapering, that's what the First Amendment's supposed to be. And you know, all kidding aside, I no, know we've it, been doing a lot well, of it. Not not as much as we would like to. Yeah. Okay. We can get we can get back <laughs> but to the biggest. But the biggest issue about that that I see is the well, not the biggest, but one of the biggest ones that came to mind is the fact that everyone's a journalist now. Yeah. The yeah. citizen journalism. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've got a real problem. I can, with that. I can start a blog right now, yeah. and because it's on the internet, it has depth and weight, which it should never be given. I really? totally. No I, one reads my stuff. I totally agree. No, no one should. Well. <laughs> I, I no mean, human I, being could decipher the misspelled words. You know, anyway. like They'd have a seizure. Okay, like I, I most, I mostly agree with you, but, but there are some good blogs out there, like uh, Tim Redman, who used to be the editor of the Bay Guardian, now does Forty Eight Hills dot org, which I read is Forty Eight, which is a real good, you know, left leaning view of what's going on in San Francisco with gentrification. That's why his name's Redman. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's but that's my, right. But my my issue with that is the fact that. Who is? How is one to know? Right. Not not that they even exist, but who to trust? Who's telling the truth? Who's well, not telling the truth? That's a corruption. information. The that's information age. I was thinking about it. It's just yeah. It's it's liquid. There is no information anymore. Yeah. Well, this is. Don't, I'm I just, serious. Just, I will address that <laughs> because I have a microphone that's, that's turned up exactly. louder than everybody else's. <laughs> that's right. I have control. Oh, that's right. Don't he is doing that, isn't he? Actually, I've been turning you guys up. Frankly, oh, yeah, because you don't you don't have presence like I do. <laughs> I have anyway, presence. As far as you go back a little bit with the newspapers, I mean, the first newspapers were all about giving opinions. And, yeah, I mean, um, absolutely. Benjamin Franklin's paper sure. was he was trying to shout down um, what's his name, the priest guy in Pennsylvania. He had a paper, and the two of them were going back and forth. So newspapers, the idea that they're going to be objective yeah. is. And it's a fairly new idea that it would be that way. That came around about in the 50s. I didn't know that. And it came around because of corporatization and and the need to get people to conform. And it it came around during the McCarthy era. It came around during that whole... You know, Cold War mentality, and 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 that stuff started to come into play, and it was objective. It, basically, these papers parrot the company line. Look at the Chronicle; it's totally pro-development. It's a Chamber of Commerce paper. You never hear a dissenting word. You know, their 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 attitude toward the homeless and toward uh, gentrification and people being displaced has been very cold, I think. So the point is, if you want to know who's telling the truth, just watch Fox News. So. Right. No, we'll just, <laughs> Tony's favorite show. <laughs> so now you know where um, Tony stands. Yeah. It's fascinating. Uh, yeah. So what would, say in 1980, what would your week be like? Well, I'd go to work at, uh, in 1980, I was going to work at five in the morning. Oh, man. I'd and, put uh, down my Rubik's Cube and, that, and I'd pick up my... <laughs> yeah. And that was called the day shift. So I would get to work at five, and and right away you're into the stories. The the Examiner was an afternoon paper then, so our first deadline was 8 a.m. That was when the first edition went in. And I was what was called the slot man. The slot man was the guy who ran the copy desk. So stories would come in, I would take them, and I would deal them to my editors around behind me. You sat in like a horseshoe-shaped desk, and I would deal the stories to them. You take this one, you take this one. And I was like the traffic cop. And so they would write the headlines, do the editing, send it back to me. I would read behind them, back read them, check their heads, make sure everything's cool. And then I sent it out to the composing room, and they put it in the paper. Did you you talk like noir? Yeah, it was all noir, and we yeah. wore like snap brim fedoras. <laughs> That's and exactly. Cigars. Punches this one up, Peaches. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Uh, we had a news editor who would turn red. Damn, you got a bang shape. You know, who would turn, we had a news editor who turned red on deadline because his, his blood pressure did spike. And, uh, yeah, That's it was great. Exciting. And, uh, my first night at the Examiner was memorable. I walked into a midnight shift my first night, and the first thing anyone ever said to me was, what'll you have? Because it was like 12.30 in the morning, and they were sending the underage copy boy down to the M&M to get booze for the night copy desk. Wow. So we would sit and drink booze and he edit. Was, yeah, he was it, a fall-down journalist. It, no, nobody fell down. That was gauche. You didn't fall down. If you're going to pass out, you go into no, your office you dr- and climb you, under your desk. You drink. You drink. This is the 80s. You drink, you drink as much as you want, but you got to play. You got to show up. So that was this should be a movie. Oh, it's been many movies. (laughs) Okay, here's my question. Yes, sir. Was there ever a story coming across you where you had to pause and go, "Ugh, this is (laughs) awful," or "Oh my god," you know, that was something that was like gut wrenching, or something that was sad, or something that was angering, or something that you never made you pause. You never reacted on deadline, but you react after. Okay. And when I used to, when I worked in the sports department and I used to have to go through the photos because I was doing layout, I was laying out the sports section, I'd go through the AP photos. Well, everything moved. All the news photos and sports photos moved on the same wire. So you saw everything. And sometimes you saw pictures you did not want to see that we would never run. And that would stick with you. Um, Like Reggie Jackson in a towel? uh, No. No. Okay. So you mean the pictures were just graphic? Very graphic. Sometimes if there was some massacre, a lot, mm. there was a lot of stuff going on in Central America then that was not real good. And mm. they moved a lot of stuff that you didn't want to see. And it made you realize just how crappy things were down there. And right. It was not mm. good. So you, but, and then you go, what you do is you'd put the paper in. And then if, if you were on a shift where the bar was still open, you, we'd always, you put in the paper and you go to the bar. And you'd talk about stuff and you'd drink. and, and So are, are people in the, in the, Newspaper business alcoholics? We had a high degree of alcoholism. I, a number of my friends died from alcoholism. And I drank pretty heavily. I, my record, was, I, I had 13 gin and tonics one night. Wow. Six to start the evening and seven to finish. Well done. That was sort of, that's up there with Dylan Thomas. I think that's how he died. I believe he drank himself to death in New York doing right. something like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Were there any particular stories in the time that you were in the business that, you know, the things you remember. Well, I remember one, uh, you know, the, I was working one day there, and it was, it was the day that that Turkish guy tried to assassinate the Pope. Mm. I think he oh, stabbed yeah. him. He stabbed him, I think. The incarnation of the Pope Mobile came out of that. So, yeah, so it happened, like, right on deadline. And so the, so the newsroom just exploded. Everybody's running around and screaming and yelling. And I'm sitting right dead center in the middle of the newsroom because that's where the copy desk was. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, you know, if everybody had just settled down, we could get this out on time. And it was it was funny just to watch people just totally lose it. I'd never seen that happen before. And it was funny because when my dad went to the LA Times, they used to call it the Velvet Coffin because everything ran like a Swiss train down there. And they would go through deadlines, and you wouldn't even know there was deadline happening. But at the examiner, there was always yelling and screaming, and and, and it was it was part of the fun. Yeah. But that story I always sticks in my head because I'd never seen a newsroom just lose it like that. Were you what able about? to get it out? Yeah, we got it out. Yeah. But it, you know, the photo editor was screaming, and the news <laughs> editor was, "I gotta read, you know, I gotta tear up the pages and redummy the section." And 
Yeah, we know you got to do that. We're all aware of that. Just why don't you shut up and do it, you know? Oh, I'll tell you the other one, the night of the 89 earthquake. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was yeah. off and the quake happened and my instinct said, you got to go to work. And I walked to work. The Muni wasn't running. Right. I was living in the hate then. And I and I walked to work and, you know, power was out, but they got they had an auxiliary uh uh, one of those generator things and managed to fire up a couple of computers. We got out a four-page newspaper that night, and I was never more proud of being in the business than the fact that everything going against us, we got the paper out. That was oh, pretty freaking amazing. That's, yeah, That's exciting. Yeah. I wanted to kind of, he says that was the most proud he felt. Like I wanted to throw it. No, it was. I mean, we all did. And the other, the other time was in 94 when we went on strike uh, for two weeks, and we put out a strike paper. And I didn't have anything to do Wait with Wait a minute. The, who, who bought the actual paper and ink? We distri- I don't remember exactly how it all happened. Ah, I, I, was, I was only involved with the distribution. Ah, so I, I took see. my car and I, I was dumping it. you guys it. didn't buy big rolls and use your own machine. No, we had it done at an offset union ah, print shop. Oh, and, it, and it was a union print okay, shop, okay. Buster, and don't you forget it. Which is, you know, that's a whole other subject. If you ever want to do something on unions, bring me in. <laughs> But, uh, He's your guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know that's coming around. Because, well, yeah, I think everything should be unionized, and we'd be a hell of a lot happier. But um, he tried to unionize when he first came in today. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah. Well, I'm he going actually on stopped me. He actually he stopped in, me before. He puts it. his arm around Pete. Says, I got some pa- pamphlet for yeah. you. Here. <laughs> no, yeah, he said, "Are you unhappy at your current?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking to the staff. Um, and I thought, I thought yeah. benefits. Wow, benefits, <laughs> I thought payment. Wow, anything over seven hours is time and a half. You betcha. Uh, yeah, I sit right. in a little office that says, "We'll entertain for food." And <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating. But, any, but anyway, so that putting out food. that strike paper was a high point, and that was the one and only time I met Herb Kane because he and I had the same picket shift, and so I asked him. Is that a euphemism? Okay, go on. Sorry, That's go when ahead. you walk around with the sign, unfair, oh, yeah, you. you guys are jerks. <laughs> yeah. You mean uh, those guys are always in my way when I'm trying to get in Those are the worst. Don't Tony, ever cross a picket line, buddy. Tony. <laughs> I'll kill you. Those were the dumbest. Those wow. were the weirdest. Those Peace were the weirdest. Love. I know. Yeah, they, <laughs> those are the weirdest sides. But I met Kane on the line because he was a big union guy, and I so I asked him about if he remembered my mom, and he did. And that was the one conversation we had. So. How well did he remember? Well, my mother said that he was a cheapskate and that every Christmas all the booze would come into the office and he never shared a bottle with anybody. Oh. I remember that. But I admired Kane. I admired what he did, which was very hard to do. The The column he wrote was extremely hard to do. He had help, but, I mean, it was still hard to do that five or six days a week. And, you know, I he loved San Francisco, and, and he set a tone for the city that was really quite remarkable. And I, I respected him for that. All right, well, we're going to finish up with The Current, the here and now. Okay. Yeah, bro. But first, we're going to say something real quick. Go ahead. What's that? Let's say he gets the book done. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Okay. (laughs) By the way, do you have a title for it? I'm calling it 30. 30. Ooh, I like it. It's short and to the point. Pithy. I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure if it was pithy or pithy. Well, if you drink a lot, you get a little pithy. (laughs) Do you want to know why? Or don't you care? Well, I was just, I was doing a commercial here. I was thinking it was 30 years. I figured you'd tell SK, me. SK, would you we... stop talking for just a second so he can just share why the I 30. I happen to be looking at the little lines that says who's been talking the most. Oh, it hasn't been me. okay. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. I want to know what 30, 30 is means. done, he's going to tell us. We're going to ask him. This is a commercial. When 30 is done. It might go up on Amazon? It'll be on Amazon, maybe. Ah! 
And if you go to Amazon, what's the best way to go shopping on Amazon, Pete? No, don't do this to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first you go to skmorton.com. That's right. And then you click on the Amazon button, which is on the home page. And soon to be on all the pages. And soon to be on the, wow. Well, most of the pages, yes. Wow. Yeah. you said all and retracted. Okay, all the pages. Okay, so the, you go to the SK Morton uh, uh, website, and then you go to, you click on the Amazon button, you go to Amazon, you shop as you normally would, and then would. for every for every amount that there? you sell, how much is your book going to be? No, for every for every purchase, it uh, SK Morton gets a little kickback from Amazon. You okay. don't have to pay any extra. Sit back. You're going to hurt I'm yourself. Just, no, 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 I'm saying I'm doing very well. No, no, you're not. What are you saying? <laughs> I did very well. No, what did, did I miss? You did, what did I you miss? Did what did I miss? You did what wonderful. Did I miss? How can they not like Pete? Thirty's gonna be on there. You want to bet? You you want to? <laughs> you find out Tony Long, you one of your favorite journalists of all time, way back in Los Angeles. Of course, has got a book out. And you want to buy it. You find out it's called 30. You go to skmorton.com. You press on the Amazon button. 330 or T-H-I-R-T-Y? Oh, that's a good question. Which will it be, Tony? It's the number 30, and there's going to be hyphens on either side of it. Ooh. Ooh. Now we're getting classy. So you go and you, you, you press on the home. You press on You press on the. You're doing a really good job in this commercial. You know what? You're right. You did a wonderful job. Yeah, you're welcome. You press on the Amazon button at skmorton.com. It takes you to Amazon. You type in hyphen, three zero hyphen. It'll take you to Tony's book. You give Tony some money because you're buying his book, and Amazon kicks back a little bit to us. We make a little bit, keep the abomination rolling, and there you go. Ta-da! All right. So everyone, remember the Amazon button at skmorton.com. So let's tell tell us about 30. So 30 was... uh, in the in the days when reporters used to transmit their stories by Western Union, thirty was what you put at the end of the story, which meant it meant in, in their language end of transmission. So that's kind of oh. what it means. So it's a sci-fi thriller. No, it's a story oh. about a dying newspaper in a changing city. So an end of transmission actually kind of fits. Is this going to be San Francisco or a made-up city? No, it's San Francisco, and the way it's turning out, some of the stuff is real. Some of the stuff I, I have. I used like the real, there was a bar called Jerry and Johnny's in San Francisco, which was a newspaper bar back in the 50s and 60s. I'm, I've, I've fictionalized the bar, but I'm using the name. Um, a number of places that are real will turn up in, in this story. So they have newspaper bars now? The last real newspaper bar was uh, the M&M Tavern, which is now not a faux Irish bar at Fifth and Howard. So how much can you tell us about this book? Well, just basically, it's about a. It's my elevator pitch would be it's a it's a story about a dying newspaper, which is not unusual these days, in a changing city. So the, my protagonist is a guy who's a newspaper uh, editor who is seeing his profession shot out from under him and his city changing. He's he's sort of alienated from the entire. I got a great name for your hero. What I've already got one, but go ahead. <laughs> Shane McCool. Huh? <laughs> I'll I'll take that under advisement. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and his girlfriend, I noticed Dixie Sweetly. <laughs> I noticed I'm great at sort this. of Ask disdain. Well, I'm excited. I'd like to read it. I'd like to write it. <laughs> when, when, I've, when, when I've written it, you can read it. Okay. Yeah. Now, with the different neighborhoods you've lived in, how does this rate? Oh, I love North Beach. I mean, yeah. North Beach is my favorite neighborhood far and away uh, that I've ever lived in. I've lived Absolutely. in I've lived in uh, the Hate. I've lived in uh, Noe Valley. I've lived in Cow Hollow. Uh, I've lived in Pacific Heights. Um, 
and I've lived out west of Twin Peaks, out near West Portal, which is a nice neighborhood. Actually. Yeah, I like that for sure. Uh, but North Beach, hands down for me, right, is is a great neighborhood. I love Why? That. And we're you know we're 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 kind of losing the battle with the hipsters, but we're yeah. hanging in there better than the mission. I think geography has a lot to do with that. We're far away from, yeah, from yeah. it's a long commute to get across the city right. from there. So a lot of people would prefer the mission. And there's no burritos. Well, Zorro's makes a pretty decent burrito. Actually, you know, you're right. Yeah. You know, do you know what used to be in that building? No. Andrew Halliday's. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah. His, uh, it was one of his, one of the, I mean, the, the factory is actually Closer to market, but yeah, he one of Andrew Halliday's uh, warehouses was. Oh in that wow, building. I didn't yeah. know that. I mean, I don't know if it was the same building. Yeah, might have burned down. Well, there's a bunch of on them on that right, corner. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of them there. It's yeah. right next to the Condor Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But all yeah. of that, all in that area, especially over by the Washington Square Park and yeah. down down to the Safeway, I just I feel like it's it's not just geography, but it, it's just there's something about it that it's kind of intangible. I don't know what it is, but it's just kind of the vibe that I get from it. It's yeah. like you know, certain places have have vibes. I know this is a little a little hippie-ish, but no, no, no. You, you know, can but have a vibe. I like certain, the hippies. The hi- I wish the hippies had stuck eyes. around. Actually, I'm just saying, no, it has a vibe to it. That's 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 nice. Yeah. You know, the the tourism, as long as you don't get too close to Pier 39 or too yeah. close, you know, it has enough of the downtown scene that there's downtowniness. Yeah. But it's not like financial district, and it's not. No, you know, it's not. Yeah. I like the financial district. I love the financial district, but Actually, you can't. But there's a lot of people who aren't. I do like North Beach. Yeah. Right. The, the reason why I just wouldn't want to live there. You can't live Are in the financial district. It's the district. quietest neighborhood in the city. On Saturday and Sunday and after six, yes. Yeah. But other than that, it's the it's the loudest. You know, the funniest thing is, is a lot of these office buildings have been turned into condos. So there right. are people living downtown now. Oh. There's actually a life down there. I wonder if downtown yeah. will wake up on the weekends now. Well, it has a little It has a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, they have the first Starbuckses that I've ever seen closed, like, you know, on Saturdays yeah. and Sundays. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing about living in North Beach is you don't have to go to Starbucks. That's a big... Cause I like that, too. you got yeah. all these great cafes. What's your favorite coffee place? I bet I know. Yeah, Cafe Trieste. Yes. Trieste. Yeah. And do you know who else wrote? Do you ever I write do. down there, or do you do all your writing at home? No, I, I write... I write in cafes. Trias for me is more of a socializing place. Yeah. It's hard to get work done because I know a lot of oh, people yeah, there. That makes sense. I go to the Puccini around the corner. I go to the Bohemian Cigar Store on Washington Square because nobody knows me there, and I can I can just be nice yeah. and quiet there. And I do write at home as well. And I know, yeah, uh, the Trieste is uh, known because uh, what's his face uh, Coppola. Coppola wrote part of the Godfather yeah. screenplay there. And there's a picture of him on the wall writing. Yeah. Writing. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting people who've come through the Trieste. It's it's attracted a lot do, of people. And they do a lot of. I went there for uh, like kind of like an open mic thing, and we did some music. Um, yeah. And they, and, and yeah. yeah, the Carol Dota was there. And, oh yeah, and, and the, the, the old guy. And there was an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, it Elvis, was like it was yeah. actually a yeah. pretty, I pretty killed cool a guy time. there once. Had, nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't kill him there, but I killed a guy who used to hang out there. Yeah, who was he it? was buddies with um, who was the uh, Jefferson Airplane guy who Paul Cantner who Paul just Kantner. died. Yeah. Oh, did he die too? He died in January. Oh, yeah. but he used to hang out down there. Uh, yeah, I saw him every day. This guy was a friend of his, and he lived above the saloon. <laughs> oh, that tells me a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, you see, well, it wasn't Paul Cantner, <laughs> yeah. but they, that's the connection. Yeah. Anyway, um, I got a job to uh, install carpet up there, oh. and uh, you know, carpet off gases. And I told him, I said, you want to open these windows up and everything? And the guy didn't have a bed. He just slept on the floor. And I put in the new carpet that had the new carpet smell. And two days later, I heard he died in his sleep. Jesus. Yeah. Maybe you should edit this out. 
No, I want, <laughs> I want people to know. Don't mess with me. All right, I'll come, right. And, I'll, I'll come and remodel I'll, your house. Yeah, you better enjoy this lousy podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so you like the Trieste. Now, yeah. have you tried the new – and one of the places I loved, I was complaining the other – well, earlier tonight, as a matter of fact, the other day, about Chayo being changed. Before Chayo, my favorite restaurant was Bochi. On That's green. totally different. Yeah, it's, have yeah. you been? No, it's the uh, Barbary Coast now. Right? I have not been there. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, is it reopened? It's yeah, reopened it's, now, and it's yeah. Barbary Coast, and I don't know anything about it. No. Yeah. I really used to like it. I mean, there have been some big changes in the neighborhood. Uh, Tosca, which was a, a, a long-standing bar there, it's still called Tosca. It was remodeled. They did a beautiful job there. It's a beautiful bar to just walk in and look at it physically. But it's a total hipster bar now, and it's the drinks are like astronomically expensive. And then the old Pearls Jazz Club is now the Devil's Acre, which I just won't go in there at all. So, yeah. but sandwiched between them is Specs, which is my favorite bar. Yeah, I've heard you speak of Specs. And that's Beach, that's yeah. what's inter- interesting yeah. about North Beach too is the fact that it, it's not Marina enough to be Marina, right? But it's also not Mission enough to be Mission. No, it's you know? it's, it's, it's own like animal. Weird, right? It's its, it's own, own animal, animal yeah. and there's enough tourism. To yeah. give it a little, to actually, the tourism actually helps. Because I it, agree. <laughs> you know I agree. I mean? It's yeah. not like the like the tourism in in Pier Thirty Nine, whatever, where sure. that kind of ruins sure. hanging out. Yeah, it keeps everybody kind of on their toes. It I keeps, totally agree you know, with you, and <clears throat> I'm I'm not one of those San Franciscans who denigrates tourists. I have no problem with tourists at all. I think they're fine. They're just here to have a good time. There's nothing wrong with that, and they go away. And yeah. the Except, best time they could have would be on a walking tour. That's right. That's oh, true. Yeah. Or coming sm- to the Cheesecake Factory and looking for Pete. I smell a pitch coming. That? Yeah, actually, as a matter of fact, it's not so much a pitch. It's I just let, something eat interesting. a lot of things there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been teasing uh, this. Uh, um, That's mean. I've been teasing a night tour for a while now, and it was, it's going to be going. It's, it's a dark and lousy night will be the name of the tour, and it's going to be going up and over from Levi's Plaza up and over Telegraph Hill. Wow. Um, and I mean, that's like so we spoke a little earlier. Right, right into the coyotes' clutches. Absolutely, nice. give them some excitement. So what do you do? I got to compete with the buses that are out there killing people on the that's streets. True. I got to give them You're some right. excitement. What do you do with check. the What do you do with the guy with the walker? How do you get him over the hill? He or doesn't the, get to come. Or the people no, who cardiovascular. I, we smell don't want people. I smell yeah. a lawsuit coming. Yeah, you know that was my feet. I took my shoes. But. No, what I was going to say is now on my third leg that I currently have, I had a friend who used to live above the old ship saloon. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I used to want him to throw water balloons at us, but he <laughs> wouldn't do it. Now, you live on Telegraph Hill, mm-hmm. just up from the uh, the Blue Dome, the uh, Gagne Gagne yeah, yeah. uh, Tower. What is that? What is that? What is that? That's the tower. It's for, there was an old Italian man. He'd come over here and he had left his wife in Italy until he was able to make it. He was a carpenter, and he built this tower. Yeah. It's right on the uh, south side of Telegraph Hill, yeah. and on the top's got a blue dome. The thing about the building is every floor is one room. Yeah. So you go up, and it's just one room. You open the stairs, another room like that. It's like being in a submarine. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. he then he got it finished. He owned the property. Things are going. He brings his wife over. She takes one look at it and left him, and she moved down to L.A., which isn't funny, but it's, no. it's an interesting little story. It's just down the street. Uh, from where yeah, it's, it's on Kearney. It's, it's off Vallejo. And it's a, cir- it's it's a Vallejo circular street. building, or is it a, what is it? No, it's it's a square tall tower, but on the well, top yeah, it's actually, got a blue dome. I okay. think you're right. The access is off the stairs, I think. Yeah, it's off the, it's yeah. off the, it's the off Kearney. The, at the, if you come up yeah. by uh, when Rico's was yeah, on your right, left, and right. the, uh, the original Fiore d'Italia would be on the right. Now yeah. it's the turtle. Purple yeah, the, uh, turtle, the, green uh, tortoise. The green tortoise. Yes. So if you go up there, there's a little thing on your right. 
that's where it is. Anyway, that's one of the points. I'm gonna. That's one of the spots I was gonna point out. The uh, there was used to be a winery up there, and then of course we were talking a little earlier about the CIA run brothel. Right. Nice. So my idea is I'm going to take everyone up there and kind of just you know swirl down the hill after you've gone up the Filbert steps. Yeah, I do that's down a, rather than That's up. a beautiful yeah. idea because one of my favorite things about North Beach is the fact that it's so accessible to beautiful sites. We were oh, walking yeah. over up Powell um, from Bay. Oh, over well, we in uh, DiMaggio, uh, DiMaggio. DiMaggio yeah, right. Playground. So yeah. you look up and you could see all of, yeah. of you know. Pretty much Pacific Heights and North Beach Hill and all that. Well, that's actually Russian Hill. Oh, Russian, Russian Hill. Hill. Okay, there we you go. You can see the Crooked Street. Right. It, there, it's, yeah. You can see it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so And so a night tour is really, really yeah. smart because it's that's one of the, my favorite things about North Beach. Yeah. yeah so. Plus, at night, you can look in people's windows. Have you ever Absolute, noticed? Isn't yeah, that cool? I do. I like that. I watch, yeah. Sometimes they got some cool stuff on. I mean, you know, Pacific Heights is a great place <laughs> to do that because they like to show off their stuff. Yeah, they do. So you can walk up around There's no Pacific curtains. Heights. That's Pacific a, you know, that's the San Francisco thing because when I was in Texas growing up, Everyone closed their blinds. And when I moved here, I was shocked. You yeah, could walk around and no, just they, look in people's the homes. Opposite, huh? They want you to yeah. see their wealth and their yeah. affluence. Yeah. So. Well, they're the people that you meet when you're walking down the street. They're the people that you meet each day. Well, so now, Tony, here's the thing. Yeah. Because we got to start late. I'm sorry. I'll apologize for Pete for him. Okay. For him coming it was all my fault. Like yes. yes um, I enjoyed myself. Good help is hard to find. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially when you don't always pay want to unionize. I don't help. <laughs> I don't know on a scale of one to ten. Yes, sir. How bored were you? No, not very. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not hard. Because I would like to have you back. I think what I'm going to do in the future is when we talk, I'm going to start making notes. Okay. Because we've had really good conversation. Not that tonight wasn't a good conversation, but yeah. we didn't we didn't even scratch some of the stuff we've talked about before with his history and things you've done and really interesting stories you've told. So I, if you could, would you be willing to come back another sure, time? Sure, I would. Okay, we got it. Reco- yeah, I will show up drunk, but okay, <laughs> but I'll be here. That makes sense. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna wrap it up tonight. But this is just gonna be part one. Do you want me to take over this show? I can actually. I think I can. Well, no, he's then he's gonna you know, workers unite, and he'll be up on the table. <laughs> we don't need that. Right. We try. We try to appeal to all people. You have nothing to lose but your chains. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh my yeah. God! <laughs> that was delicious. <laughs> All right, next week we'll, it'll be a reading of the Communist Manifesto by Tony. I'll, I'll bring my copy. Okay. <laughs> signed. Signed, so, signed. It'll be a gift. Okay, so instead, what we're gonna do is say, a, "Oh, what, what should we do, sweetie?" Maybe we should say good night. Okay, then why don't we say good night? Good night. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we're glad you came. Where is it? I left You know how you should end this, right? Like this. Oh, I like this. In San Francisco. Of course. <laughs> it's a bit of a cliche, but yeah. That's a, that's <laughs> a thing is a cliche. <laughs> I'm keeping that. Okay, so first of all, Pete. Yes, sir. The 25th, five days from now, right? We'll be able to get your album? Yes, you will be. The album will be available at bandcamp.com slash one word, which is O-N-E-W-E-R-D and Pete Feliciani. I'll come yeah. up. Do you have some shows? No. No? No. Okay. No. Yeah. Chin up. It'll be good. Okay. okay. No, it won't. How, how about you squeeze? Lizzie Carr, do you have any shows coming up that we want to tell people about? 
Oh, b- uh, Cafe Bazaar on what day? Saturday the 26th. Sing Out of Darkness is an annual series of shows to raise money for suicide prevention Oh, so it's going to be nice, lighthearted stuff. Very lighthearted. Okay. But it's a lot of local songwriters. It'll be at Bazaar Cafe. It's the their opening event for this year, okay. and I'll be finishing it up. All right, we'll put it up there. So now for everyone else, we got a good review from Stitcher. They say it's really easy to listen to, so awesome. go to, I believe it was me who said on Stitcher, please go to skmorton.com, like us, uh, and uh, tell your friends, please. Yeah, please. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. Send friends. Your golden sun will shine for me. Thank you. If you don't mind, I'd like to do it again. What we have here is failure to communicate. Balky. I'm talking too closely for my pussyfoot voice. <laughs> Internet don't lie. Last of the Mohicans. No. There will be blood. That was pretty there good. There will but... be Mohicans. I rinsed. It's time for a mucking. Check their heads. Make sure everything's cool. Punches this one up, Peaches. He made a face like a taxi driver. <laughs> it was very embarrassing. I love Robert Duvall. Yeah, I know. The Gettys. The Rothschilds and Colonel Sanders before he went tits up. That's it. I'm spent. 